All right, so we're going to do Love and Respect Part 2, and our focus today is going to be um, the importance of communication in marriage and relationships. Um, we, I think we want to start off with, like, who we are. Um, as Pastor Sharon shared, we are Herb and Kim Morrell. We have been married um, this past October. We celebrated 13 years of marriage, and um, we met. In September 06, we got engaged October 06, yeah, October 2006, and we got married October 2007, so it was real quick. Um, it was, I mean, you know, some people date two, three, four, five years. Okay, so yeah, it was kind of fast. Uh, but one thing for sure is with us is we have two different backgrounds. Um, I'll start with me, and he can explain his background when I say this. Um, I come from a single-parent home. I was, my mother and father never married. I lived in the home with my mom and her parents, which were my grandparents. And my grandparents, eventually my mom moved. Um, I'm from Waysboro, from Waysboro, North Carolina. And my mom moved from Waysboro to Charlotte. Um, for employment reasons and my brother and I didn't want to leave my grandparents and my grandfather didn't want us to be raised in a home without a male figure so we stayed with my grandparents and and then and so growing up I always thought my grandparents moved in sync and like they were synchronized in their movements they could communicate without talking and in my mind, I thought, well, that's what marriage is, just knowing each other well enough that you don't have to say nothing. But I didn't realize at that, my grandfather passed away in 1988, and they had been married 38 years. So what I saw was years of them being together, and now I understood how they were able to operate without speaking to each other. That makes sense? So I have my view of what, marriage should be based on what I saw in the home. Okay. Thank you for that, my dear. I don't know about the, the whole quick thing, but <laughs> but uh, for me, my I grew up in Philadelphia. I was born and raised. I'm not Will Smith, but uh, <laughs> uh, I grew up um, my father's an entertainer, so for more, most of the, of the year, he would be on the road. Uh, my mother was, uh, at, for a while, on her younger years, stay-at-home mom, then she went back to work. Um, so witnessing their dynamic um, and their communication um, habits kind of affected me. I don't want to say affected me, but just taught me how to do things. I'm a, what I tell my wife all the time, I'm a verbal spar. I love to verbal spar. I love to go back and forth with words. And my wife, who didn't have that upbringing, is not. So early in our marriage, it was, I'm ready to go. Hey, let's start this verbal spar. And she, she would lock me out. And that became a rift for some time of our marriage until we learned what each other's backgrounds was and, and how to overcome them in our marriage. Okay, so um, we're going to get started in um, the importance of communication in marriage and relationship. And let me just say this also. Um, 
he likes to verbal spar and I didn't because I understood my anger. I understood for me, um, we, I'm not going to argue with you. We just going to fight it out. And so to keep me from being that person, I had to put that up uh, because I didn't want him to encounter that because I understood this is my husband's second marriage. And I understood what he went through in his first marriage. And I didn't want to duplicate that for him. So that goes communication. You know, sometimes we don't want to talk about past relationships, past marriages. And because not that you're trying to be nosy, but you want to understand kind of what was it that kind of started to turn from somebody that you vowed to be with to now you're no longer together. And even piggybacking on that, or dovetailing, I should say, um, there was a lot of things in my previous marriage that I didn't want to bring to the table either. And it took some time for me to be single and by myself to kind of eradicate some of those bad habits that I picked up in my first marriage. So bringing it to her, being her first marriage, I wanted it to be all new for not only her, but be new for me. So we're going to start off with our base scripture, which is Ephesians 5:33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Um, this was this book, Love and Respect. Um, I thank God for the couples ministry. Um, we've been able to do some classes in 2018. We did the seven principles for making marriage work in 2019, we were able to do this book, Love and Respect. And this book really broke down what it means to love your wife and for me, how to respect my husband. And sometimes when we read the scriptures, we think about loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. We don't realize that the Bible is telling you the same love I give to you. I have to also show that to my spouse. So when I realized that I was doing it wrong in 2019, I figured out I was doing it wrong. I wasn't taking these scriptures and applying them to my neighbor. And I wasn't giving him the respect. I was respecting him in what I thought was respect, but I wasn't respecting him because I wasn't showing him the love that this Bible teaches that I should have for my neighbor. So, thank you, Vay. That's the revelation of the Holy Spirit. All right. So, and we do, we, we do play a lot. So, we're sorry. Communication. I'm so glad to hear our pastors when they talked about brick and mortar. Um... Because communication is defined as a means of sending and receiving information. Communication can be verbal, nonverbal, it can be written, but it's about somebody is giving information and somebody else is receiving that information. We're going to look at Colossians 4 verse 6 when it says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Every man includes your spouse or the person that you are dating. When you communicate, let your speech always be seasoned with grace. Amen. 
It doesn't matter who it is. When you talk to your spouse, let it be seasoned with grace. So whenever there was times where he wanted to spar, I didn't feel no grace. And I wanted to react in anger at what I felt was not grace. Also, James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. You have to listen. If somebody's giving you information, you have to stop, listen, and process it, and not allow our flesh. Pastor Sharon, when she was teaching Friday night, talked about how our flesh wants to answer. And when our flesh answers, that's us allowing Satan to drive. Uh, we have to stop and think about what it is is being said. What is it that they're trying to tell us? Because when we don't, if we're quick to give a response, we have now lost our communication. We have broken down our communication. So good communication in a marriage starts with respect. Communication starts with respect. Communication is the mortar that holds a relationship together. Christ is your foundation, and as you build the building, the brick and mortar of it has to be built with good communication. And when spouses no longer communicate, a marriage nurtures no one. When there's no communication, the marriage, the relationship is not beneficial to anybody. So you have to be able to listen and also receive information. So when we have perceptions um, in our marriage, our perceptions will differ at times. And uh, we tend to reject our spouse's perception. And this rejection can be an unconscious thing. Um, I found an article that uh, titled, What is Unhealthy Communication in a Mar Marriage? by Dr. Karen Finn. And she gives a few examples of, of bad communication in a marriage. Um, I've, I pulled out five, um, and I'll just name them here, and I'll go over them. Uh, yelling, blaming your spouse or partner, criticism, stonewalling, and forgetting the we. When you yell, um, anger is a natural, a natural emotion, but when it's not kept in check and expressed in a responsible way, it can build up and eventually explode. And when that happens, the content of the message is lost to the intensity of the delivery. And that goes back to my, what my wife was saying earlier when I was ready to verbal spar, that anger built up in her. So instead of exploding on me, she would walk away. And I, at first, I didn't understand that. Um, you want to read Proverbs 15 1? A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words makes temple, temple, tempers flare. A, Gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So that is the word really talking about how you can let your anger overtake you and giving you a way out. God is always giving us a way out of our emotions. And we just, if we lean on the word, the word is there to help us. Uh, the next is blaming your spouse or your partner, which we all do this. <laughs> you can begin statements with you, which is a slippery slope. And words like always and never often follow. And before you know it, your spouse is playing defense. We always do that, especially when we're having a, 
again, verbal spar together. You did this. Why did you do this? And then I can tell you the word why to a man is really, really, really bad. <laughs> why, a, why, a man hearing the word why did you or why do you coming at him is like you are speaking to a child. What wife has said why? I, I can say I've done it. Why you do that? Why? why, 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 why? Yeah. <laughs> it, it leads. It leads. Um, can we get another mic? Is it a way we can get another mic? I'm sorry. Um, so that is that was, and when my wife used to do that, I would just stop. And I'm going to go to why I stopped next, <laughs> coming up next. But why uh, basically says that you are over someone. You are the ruler of them and that you want, you're questioning their motives as a ruler. And that's usually what we do for our children to teach them. But it doesn't work in marriage. It doesn't work in relationships. It doesn't even work on your jobs half the time. Uh, the next, uh, let's read uh, Romans 2 and 1, baby. Romans 2 1, and I'm reading out a New Living Translation. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself, for you who judge others do these very same things. Now, now this is the word. But this is also pertaining to how we are talking to our partners, our spouses. And we have, you know, we always think about giving account to God for how we treat people. But we don't ever think about, we have to give an account for how we treat our spouses. You ever heard, heard that term, you know, you're pointing one finger at you, but you have three pointing back at you. This is the blame game here, right in these fingers. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, criticism. Criticism. Uh, bypasses a complaint about the situation and goes for the person. You are now directly attacking the character of your spouse. You are directly attacking the character of your wife with criticism in a fight. And there's no place for that. Ephesians 4 and 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Not just the people we meet in the church or at work, but you want to be able to encourage your spouse. You want, to be, you want them to feel that they can conquer and do and complete anything. And so... What better way is the words that we choose to use that we encourage our spouses, okay? As we're moving on, so the next one is stonewalling. <laughs> and criticism and stonewalling can actually be found in this book. They are part of the four horsemen that Dr. Gottman actually talks about. And stonewalling is people who stonewall. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh -huh. The first time we read this book and they had a name for what it was, I said, that's what you do. <laughs> and then, I, you know, because it happens, but I didn't know it had a name to it. And so, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. You're really going to bring that up? Yeah. In front of her, yeah. you're just going to bring that up. 
Because yeah. you know what? Transparency helps heal. Yeah. I can't yes. sit up here and act like everything has been rosy when it's not. It's not. And, you know, sometimes I have uh, my sister, after she got married, she called me. She said, how you wake up every morning and you still love your husband? That's work. Mm. That's work. I said, one, I know this is who God has for me. Amen. And because I trust God, I can continue to love him. Also, once God put us together, we have to do the work to stay together. Yes. And doing the work together has helped me to build my love for him. So you have to work, work this thing. Work this thing. It's, it's work. It's work. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's good. That's good. In Stonewalling, Dr. Godman actually says it's more of a male trait. We are good with turning our faces, blocking everything out, going to another room, switching on ESPN, and trying to block everything out that's happening over here. So people who Stonewall, they shut down themselves for self-preservation. And we men, we are great at trying to self-preservate. Uh, when, we, when they are overwhelmed or flooded in, in an argument, we, they go, I'm going to say, we go silent, we look away, or we remove ourselves from the attack. There's nothing, I, Pastor, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. But for the sake of the, the message, we're going to say that it's a, it's a good thing that we shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, let's say this. Let's say this. If you go away, and come back and you don't thought about it and we can have a conversation okay that's good but if you go away and you never want to revisit that thing then we're not okay and early in our marriage we had to learn when we saw ourselves going down a hole okay let's just say we don't agree right now that's a way of saying let's walk away and let's come back but when you go upstairs and turn your TV on and it's a day later, and you still can't talk about it, then it's, it's not fixing anything. So if you're going to go stonewall, go think while you're there and figure out what was said, uh, how did I respond, and how can we fix this. But don't stonewall and you don't come back with any answers. So the scripture for... Are you just going to go right into oh, the scripture I'm after sorry. saying that, I'm right? sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. See, see how the Holy Spirit yeah. has something to say, but the Holy Spirit interjected with the new mic. Then it won't write. And it wasn't right. <laughs> and I'm going to move on. Go ahead and read the scripture. Um, Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 27. And don't let, I'm sorry, and, sin, and don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for your anger gives a foothold to the devil. Mm -hmm. This this is the I'm trying to think of the best word for this. This is this is really the, the perils of stonewalling is because you've now given the enemy a foothold in that situation. He has now got his way in because you walked away and won't come back and address it it has now become a new thing and the enemy you remember the enemy is not only going to come the way you think he's going to come he's going to come another way but you've given them the foothold by stonewalling amen, yeah, amen. 
Uh, oh, it's me? Okay. Yeah, yes, sir. Forgetting the we. Um, forgetting the we, you can get caught up in what you want, what you feel, and what you're not getting. And you, you can easily forget the we of your marriage. And this took me back to what our pastors talked about in the five, where are my notes, babe? Ah, the five things every couple can do today. And this really takes us back into remembering the love. Um, and if you can read First um, Corinthians ten twenty four. First Corinthians. First Corinthians ten twenty four. He didn't put it on my on my I sheet. Am, I am so sorry. You said ten. Ten twenty four. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. You got anything to say? Yeah, I got yeah. Sure. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for you can't be married and be selfish. You can't be in a relationship and only think about what you want, what you need, and where what you are trying to accomplish. Because when you are in a marriage or in a relationship, and all you can think about is yourself, then you're not benefiting that person that you're with. There's no benefit for them in their relationship. There is no room for them in the relationship. So you can't be, I can't be with him and be selfish. Prime for me, an example was during the pandemic, um, I wrote a book. And during the time of writing the book, you know, the Lord put me on a schedule. Even though we were in a pandemic, we were both in the house together, I still had to make sure that I spent time with him. Mm -hmm. that I did things with him. So I came up with a schedule. So from this time to this time, I work on my book. And this time, this time, I work, find some work to do. But I had to make sure that I included him in my schedule. I could not say, well, you know, I got to write this book. You know, I got to do this. You know, I got to do that. Because how am I making him feel? I'm not making him a part of my process. And an example that I can give you for... Um Remembering the love and forgetting and don't forget the we is think of your marriage as a remote control In a remote control. There are two batteries They are turned opposite each other But they're doing that because one is sending out a positive energy into the remote control While one is accepting negative energy then putting out positive energy on the other end and it's a cycle That goes around but when one battery dies, that other battery is taking up even more energy. And you have to go back and recharge it by the word of God. You got to recharge your batteries together. You can't take one battery out, charge that, and put it back. You have to charge together in order for the remote to work. Say that. Hallelujah. <laughs> so one of the reasons why we are dressed in pink and blue in the book it talks about how uh, the way we communicate as men and women is as different as pink and blue we see things in pink and we hear things in pink and men see and hear in blue we can sit down read the same thing but we will come back with a different understanding yes so that's why communication is important because we 
for whatever reason how God created us, we don't always retain or receive information the same. So we have to be able to communicate to make sure that we are getting the same information. Mm-hmm. Um, in that same article uh, with Dr. Finn, she also she, she made a quote saying that if, if healthy communication is the glue that holds marriage together, then unhealthy communication in marriage can be the relationships unraveling. So there are a few other things, points, and we're going to move on. Um, when you're ready to, when you have bad or unhealthy communication, you're ready to dispute things your spouse has to say. You're already geared up to fire off one. Uh, you're ready to challenge them, like you're a gladiator and 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 you know, in a coliseum or something like that. You're ready to go to war with them. Um, you hear what they say. This is a this is this is deep. I'm, my wife wrote this one, which is powerful. You hear what they say as a threat. Wow, your partner. You hear what your partner says as a threat. In this world, as married couples, we are at war. This world is trying to tear marriage down at every junction. And you have to know that you are fighting not with your spouse, but you are fighting against the principalities of this world. And if you are not unified with your spouse, you are tearing down what God will soon use as the weapons that will tear down the strongholds of this world. So we, I can't fight with my wife as I fight with people in the world. I have to love on my wife. That's what I was called to do. I can't threaten her or use words of threat to her because if that tears her down, I am now tore down. I am now tore down, and that is not what I want to happen. I don't want to, like Pastor Sharon was saying, you, you picked, you know, you, your husband came to you, and you, he was sharp, and you knew that you equaled that man because you loved a sharp man. Well, I love a witty woman. If I tear that down, then I'm tearing myself down. Um, true communication involves. Uh, one, respect for the other person. Respect allows you to accept another person's point of view wholeheartedly. You can, you can consider, uh, consider your value, your, your spouse's perspectives or suggestions. And two, let your partner know that, your respect and value, that you respect and value them supersedes their specific issues you are discussing. And in the book here, Seven, Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, it talks about turning towards um, one another and building up your emotional bank account. Uh, where, do I, where do I have? Ah, thank you, darling. Uh, the author says turning away are the brief on small moments of connecting with one another. Each time your partner turns towards each other, they, find, they fund their emotional bank account. In tough times, that emotional bank account, you can go in and take something out of that and remember why you're with this person. So the more and more you build that emotional bank account up, you can have a surplus that you can pull from in tough times in any situation. 
I'm going to say that again. In any situation, if God is the foundation and you have that bank account all, all built up and you have a surplus, dip into it for any, I keep saying that word, any situation. There is nothing new under the sun, so there should never be anything that can dismantle your marriage. You are in it for the long haul. And I am saying that from someone who is who has gone through divorce. It, if I would have put my foundation back on the word, God could have probably did something better in that marriage. But I wasn't wise enough and I wasn't grown enough to figure it out. But I won't allow it to happen again. Amen. Also, you have to think about it. Uh, if nothing has been put into that bank account, what you going to draw off of? You can't draw from nothing. You have a rough day at your job and you, because I'm depleted because you have not put anything in me. I can't give you no words of affirmations. I don't, I don't have any love to give you. I don't have any back rubs or arm rubs. And I don't have, it's going to be okay. Or it won't always be like this mm -hmm. because I'm empty. Because you haven't been putting anything in me. Mm -hmm. And it goes that way. It goes the opposite way. When I come home and I done dealt with some kids and their life situations that I can't believe exist. If I have not been pouring into him, I can't get anything. Mm -hmm. So you have to pour into each other so that when you are running low, you can go somewhere and get filled. It's, Amen. It's so funny you said that, giving an example of that. Um, I think it was just last night. I'm about to walk down the stairs and I happened to look in our bedroom. My wife was sitting on, on the bed. She just had a look. And I got to the first stair and I backed up. You good? Yeah, I'm all right. You sure? Because anytime, that's my alarm. My alarm went off. And I'm ready to deposit. I'm ready to, I have a surplus. I'm ready to go now. I'm, I'm built up. You looking down. Let me, if you, if you need this, here you go. You can, here's, your, here's your debit card. Go ahead and take out what you need. So that, those are times that you, you keep your eye on your spouse. Keep your eye on them. An example also is you ever go through something and you look at your spouse, you be like, man, you're really strong in this moment. Mm. And it's almost like when one is down, the other one is there because they're already built up. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. All right. So another part of the two um, true communication involves respect for one another, but it also involves active energy on each spouse part. Mm -hmm. We all have a part in this. Yes. Um, active effort is required for good communication. One thing about me that I know that I learned early in our marriage, my husband can be very long-winded. And I have very short attention span. Yes. So... Let's well, just go. Oh, all right, all right. Well, let's all right, all right. Get to, get to, get to. So what I used to do is I used to throw my line out, and I'd be like, come on. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. Wrap, Wrap it, it up, up B. <laughs> so we had to learn how to, he had to learn, okay, she, she ain't going to listen to this whole thing, so let me speed it up. But then I also had to learn, I got to slow down and pay attention. Mm. So we had to learn each other. He's long-winded. 
I'm not. Why, why do you have to say it long-winded? Yeah, why you, can't you say my husband you can, is you, a philosopher? Yeah. Can't you say words like but that? I, I could, but it won't, it won't get the point across. Pastor, you understand, right? You understand. You have that to, my you, husband is long-winded. He gotta, and gotta he can and he can tell he can I like point A, point B, point C. Come on. No, 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 no. You'll talk you'll stop, get some gas, drink a little bit, then go to point B. Then you got the oh, let me run downstairs, get dizzy there. I mean it's long and then I'm I'm trying to pay attention. All right, all right let's move on. Let's I'm move sorry. On. I'm sorry. I'm so one partner so if one partner dominates does all the talking, uh -oh. offers all the ideas, uh -oh. has most or all the control uh -oh. or influence, then it's one-sided. Now, that's not the case with us. Um, one thing we've learned, too, is we had to learn each other. And I had to learn when he doesn't say something. I had to learn his body language. And I had to also learn... Now, everybody that knows Herb know Herb likes to laugh, he likes to joke, he likes to play. But then there's that side of him that when he says no. And I had to learn when he says that no, it's no, and we're not going back to it. So I acted effort for good communications for me to also learn him. Learn what he says when he's not talking and learn when he says no, it's no. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I get mad at him. I'm like, well, why you don't show this to other people? Why, you know, let them know that this is in you. But then I realize they don't need to know that as long as I know. Yeah. And, but, and, but then here's the other part of me. When he says no and when I feel like somebody's not respecting his no, that bra, you know, that fighter want to come out in me because I'm like, you ain't going to disrespect my husband, but I can't be like that. <laughs> so I had to take that active energy and like Pastor Sharon say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Lord, help me. And so, well, let's go back. Right. If you're in a relationship and if all the decision in the conversation is being dominated by the person you're with, that's not healthy. That's not a healthy relationship. Yeah. Even, even in your finances. Yeah. It, I, I don't believe there is a such thing as, well, men take care of all the finances and, and the woman, you know, ask them for money or advice for I think who is the better of the two at it should con not control it, but manage it. But communicate with your spouse at every Junction. Always. So this young gentleman has a spreadsheet. Woo! Come on. That get me excited. And this spreadsheet is up on the computer. Come on. All, all the time. You, all you got to do is just go by and look at the spreadsheet. That's all you got to do? I don't want to look at the spreadsheet. Just tell me. I don't want to read it because I don't know what the codes are that you got in here. I'm... So he's better at it. But, I mean, we had to figure out who could handle it. Who's better at it? And once we figured that out, okay, that's, that has kind of been your thing. Now, he has said, now, I do want you to kind of step over every now and then and check on it. Come on. To make sure. So, I had to learn, okay, he's, he, he oversees, he manages it, but he likes for me to step over there sometime so I can see and so I can know that in the event, I can sit in the seat and I can drive it. 
Come on. So, um, and both of you should be involved in the process. So whenever you're talking, you should, guys, it should be both of you listening. You said something last night that I thought was good. Okay. You said, and I can't say it like you said it. Come on. You said that when communication is happening and a lot of times someone gets offended, it's because a person is speaking and they're telling you how they're feeling, they're telling you what was said and how it made them feel, mm -hmm. but the listener only hears, oh, you're trying to say it's my fault. Yes, yes. You, you feel as if the blame game has been put on you. Yeah. So you're defensive, and we talked about that earlier. Um, you're ready to fire back because what you're hearing is, oh, you're blaming me for everything. And some ways around that is starting that conversation with, I felt this way. I'm feeling this way. How do you feel? I felt this way. I am feeling this way. How do you feel? That gives the person time to think, calm down, formulate an answer, and come back and speak, well, I feel this way. I felt this way. I'm sorry you felt that way. And now you're not, there's no blame game there. You're like, you did this or you did that. It's, it's none of that. It is, you're taking the onus on your feelings and asking the person how they feel now. Yeah. And you want to work towards, and the other part of active effort is work towards full involvement. Take responsibility for the dialogue. Uh, put your energy into the exchange. When you come to have the communication with your spouse or the person you're dating, whether it is uh, dealing even just like a grocery list, be, in, be involved in that. Because if somebody comes back from the supermarket with not some donuts, well, why you didn't get no donuts? Well, you didn't put it on the list. It was up there on the refrigerator. You should have put it on there. You know, when you don't communicate, I'm be involved. Good. I don't appreciate you bringing up that story. Didn't nobody know it was about you. <laughs> and my wife was, is very wise because I, did, I do that all the time. Why didn't you get this? Well, I asked you before I went to the store. So she put a little notepad on the refrigerator. And that's the shopping list. And if I want something, I got to write it on that list. Because when we go to the market, if it's not on that list, then it's not coming home. I'm a list shopper. <laughs> if it ain't on there, it won't get bought. Um, so, and there's also make a commitment to seeing the process through. When we have disagreements and when he stonewalls or we make, uh, or if we can say we're not in agreement right now, let's walk away from it. Make a commitment to seeing the conversation through. Make, make a decision that we will, re let, are you ready to talk about this? Because we really need to talk about this. We really need to come up with a solution for this. Yes. And you have to be dedicated to the process. So you have to make sure that you see the process through. So it takes an active effort to communicate. It takes an active effort to listen and also to give information. Express your thoughts and feelings fully and encourage your partner to do the same. Don't get mad 
in, when somebody tells you how they feel, and I work as a, a school counselor during the day and a therapist in the evening, and one thing I have always, I tell my clients, you are entitled to your feelings. Can't nobody tell you how to feel. That's right. You are allowed your feelings. And if you are allowed your feelings, there's a reason why you feel that way. And if you are feeling that way, be comfortable to share your feelings. And when your spouse or your significant other, the person you're dating, shares their feelings, don't get mad at them because of what they felt. Keep in mind, all, they are entitled to their feelings. Hear them out, and then try to figure out, well, if you felt that way, and if you know those were not your intentions for them to feel that way, first acknowledge that. If I made you, if I made you feel that way, those were not my intentions. Amen. I didn't mean to do that. Amen. And then you can start the conversation of how we can fix this. Amen. Okay, amen? And then also resolve misunderstanding by asking questions and seeking clarification rather than getting angry. Don't get mad and, and don't fix it. Figure out what it is. Right. What is this thing that is made? All right. So when we first got married, uh -oh. we lived in a two-bedroom apartment. And so we made a deal that whoever cooked, the other one would wash dishes. Uh-oh. So... He would wash dishes, and I would be, I would be just mad. Even though he washed dishes, I would be mad. I want wait, to wait, 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 why you I am, but Come wait on, a minute. Explain it. I want to say I want to thank my cousin Jonas for coming today. Jonas got engaged. He's getting oh, married the first April, first Saturday in April. Jonas came to our couple's, our last couple's Christmas thing, and he and his, at the time his girlfriend, but now she's finna be his wife. And so Jonas, when I say this, he gonna know what I'm talking about. So growing up, when we had to wash dishes, you wash the dishes, you clean the kitchen up. The kitchen wasn't clean until you put the dishes up. That's cleaning the kitchen, right? Right. So that's how grandma... That's how grandma raised us. That's how you clean the kitchen. He will wash dishes, mm -hmm. but he will leave them in the drying rack. The strainer. To dry. But he never will put them back. Put them up. I'm like, the, the kitchen ain't clean. Dishes are done. Dishes are clean. So. Spotless. So. They are drying. They are there to be used now. They go back in the cabinet. So before I, the, thank God for the Holy Spirit. So I was mad, and the Holy Spirit said, why don't you ask him his definition of cleaning the kitchen? Woo. Woo. The Holy Spirit. Y'all talk to him. He'll wait, help wait, you wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. He let's, let's, get, let's get the Holy Spirit a praise break for that. Woo! The Holy Spirit will help you out yes. if you, if you let him. Spirit. If you let him. If you let him. So, but you got <laughs> so I went to him. I said, what's your definition of cleaning the kitchen? And he told me. And so then I would say, well, the way I was raised, the kitchen is clean when the dishes are back in the cabinet. So we had an understanding because I was getting mad. I mean, he halfway do it. But it wasn't halfway. He was doing it the way he was taught. It was completed. So it was done. So we had to, you know, talk about it. Amen. 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 So intimate communication may not 
may not, oh, I broke that out. Intimate communication, it ain't nothing without love. Amen. Intimate communication. Love is critical to the relationship, but love is not enough. Well, you can get married and you're going to love each other, but that love, is you're going to need more than that love if you're going to spend the rest of your life together. Going back to that emotional bank account, you got to start depositing. Love is the flower that attracts you, but the work that you do every day, you start depositing in that bank account, is the surplus that will get you through to eternity. If there is love and the relationship is important, we focus on communication. We have to communicate. Only through good only through good true communication can you realize the joy of love. I got I got sick at work the other day and my husband had to come get me. And I I'ma say this, when he when I saw him walk in that teacher's lounge, I felt a peace. Like I felt like I'm going to be okay because he walked in. And that is, that is a different type of love. That's, a, that's that my protector is here. My provider is here. My priest is here. And I know that I'm going to be okay. And that's what you want to feel when you are going, when he talk about that bank account, when you go through something, you want to make sure that there's enough in this bank that if I'm running low, that he can fill me up. Now, Amen. Now ask me how I, I felt as I came through the door. How you feel, baby? Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> Superman is here. <laughs> is that why you had your red hat on with your red hoodie? I came ready. <laughs> stand back, Superman is here now. <laughs> and you know what? They did stand back. When you they, got there, they kind of just... I got this, ladies. Thank you for your help. <laughs> the cape, you see the cape? You see. Okay. Um, as, we, as we close, we, we really want to um, talk about what we do here at the City Church with the marriage ministry, the, city, the couples in the city. Uh, it is a small group here at, at, the, um, at, the, church, at the City Church. Um, we are committing ourselves to meeting the second Friday of every month. Uh, starting in April, we are actually starting back. We're going to wait till this, um, this campaign ends. Um, we're going to let it come to its completion so we can get all of the meat out of this. Uh, but starting in the second Friday in April, we're actually going to go back to our book studies. We've, we, again, we've gone through two books, Love and Respect, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And starting in, in the second uh, Friday in April, we'll start exploring the book, The Five Love Languages. It is one of the books that keep coming up. So we said, you know what, let's explore it and see what we can pull out of it for the glory of God. So uh, starting then, uh, that book is by Dr. Gary Chapman. We'll start to get some, some things out so you can see it. It's visible here in the church and you know it's coming up. So uh, those are one of the things. Uh, do you have anything? Yeah, we want to um, at least tackle one question. One question. Um, Thank you, Pastor. That we did receive. Um, all right, so... That one, okay. My fiance and I had to take a hiatus on our relationship for a minute because of all the arguing and accusations. I love them and they love me. What should we do to ensure we have a strong marriage? Hmm. What should they do? Well, first of all, 
I would like for them to know the Lord Christ Jesus as their Savior. That's first. That's, that's, first. that's the foundation. And um, second of all, I would definitely suggest that there is some counseling yes. before they do premarital counseling. Yes. Um, it seems like they individually and maybe collectively need to um, do some work. Yes. I like to tell people um, when you go see a therapist, the work is actually when you leave the office. That's when the work starts. Mm -hmm. And they sounds like they need some work yes. to be done for the arguing and accusations. When you accuse somebody of something, you are basing it off of what? Past experiences. Past experiences. So, so I would tell them to, let's look at this logically. What in your satchel have you now pulled out? for the sake of this argument or this disagreement what in your baggage have you now pulled out and does it relate to the person standing in front of you mm -hmm. are they them and you have to come to that conclusion before you start to really come together with somebody you have to realize you come with a lot of baggage your parents your siblings past relationships past hurts past disappointments there is a ton that you're now carrying mm -hmm. and you have to and as i said before before i can marry her i before i even met her i had to do my work I have to do my work after my divorce. I had to go through pain. I had to go through disappointment. I had to go through anger. Why would I want to bring that to my queen? Why? So I had to start to say, what's in my, what's in my satchel? Let's pull it out. Holy Spirit, God, help me with my anger. Holy Spirit, God, help me with my mis you know, distrust. God, I need you. To help me because my, my baggage is too heavy for where you're taking me. And you have to get couples to realize that you have baggage. And your baggage will always, once you move in, what do you do when you move in anywhere? You start to unpack. And what are you unpacking? 